welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From Wellington, New Zealand, I'm Dave Wood, and joining me from Devon, England, is Dave Knott. Okay, we're here, episode 100. Um, can't quite believe we've gotten to episode 100. Um, seems like a long time ago that we were incredibly nervous on episode one <laughs> with our shaky voices, yep. not really knowing what to say. <laughs> um, but we made it, we're here to episode 100. So I thought we'd do something a little bit a little bit different this week. We're going to take a look back at certain things in technology over the run of this show. Things we've liked the best, things that surprised us the most, where we see things going, um, things we've learned over the uh, nearly two years that we've been doing the show for now. So we're going to go back and forth on it. We're going to go topic by topic and see what each of us got to say on, on each one. If you're, uh, you're good to go on that, Dave. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so not to put you on the spot, <laughs> we'll start with you. What would you say over the run of this show is the most important product that Apple have, has released? Hmm. feel like I've got quite a few choices, actually, and that's kind of cool. Topping topping the list, and, and I'm actually going to probably give you more than one answer to this, Dave, I think. This is going to turn into, like, top four. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, most important, I actually think, is possibly the AirPods. Oh, okay. In terms of what they mean and what they kind of say about what Apple can do. And, and where technology is kind of going to go over the next 10, 20 years. Um, I, I think what I mean by that is that the AirPods, when they were first announced, I kind of looked and just sort of went, oh, all right, okay, that's, that's what they've done to the to the earbuds. They've, they've kind of entered this sort of, you know, higher price kind of category, and I didn't really get it. And then... Gradually, I've seen more and more people around me kind of using them and wearing them, and I don't actually have a pair yet, to be honest. But um, as everybody that I've encountered who does have them raves about the experience being good. You know, when they first get them, it's all about the experience with the AirPods and, and how they they kind of just work. Yeah. So. No, they are very, very yeah. good. Um when I first got mine, though, I must say my right earbud was just completely dead. So I had to take them back and get a new pair. But <laughs> the new pair was excellent <laughs> when they both worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe you weren't raving straight from yeah, straight from the start. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I think I think feel like the the AirPods would kind of top it for me um, just in terms of, of, of what they've done there. It's what I mean by where Apple are going and what they're doing is it's, it's a wearable and it's a, you know, a tech uh, enhanced wearable object. You know, this is something that is is integrated into the Apple ecosystem, but it, it basically, in general, just does one job. You know, it's a headphone. And yeah, they've managed to take that and turn it into something that, that, that works really, really well with all their products. And I think indicates sort of things about about where they're going long term, and that kind of feeds into stuff like the watch. And I guess we'll get to kind of uh, stuff that hasn't arrived or, or future things that they could be doing. Um, but but things like potential for uh, glasses and that sort of stuff. You know, I look at the AirPods and, and and the watch and what they've been doing there in the last couple of years, and sort of think mm, Apple's getting better at this wearable stuff. So oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
That's an interesting answer. I didn't even think to include the AirPods when I was sort of thinking through what my answer would be. Um, and I'm the one that owns AirPods, which is maybe <laughs> maybe kind of testament to them because they're so good they almost become invisible. You know, when technology is yeah. that good, it just disappears. Um, and I think they are that good that perhaps that's why they didn't immediately jump out to me because they are just... There's so much going on. I mean, there's two little sort of independent computers that are communicating with each other to get that audio perfectly in sync and all the other cool stuff they can do. But that just fades away. It, it, it's an incredible product. So, yeah, kind of feel a bit silly that I didn't <laughs> I didn't suggest it, but have it on my list. But I suppose it's kind of good for the benefit of the show. So what was on your list, Dave? Uh, well, again, possibly more than one answer. Logically, I would probably say the iPhone 10 because that feels to me like that's the phone that has kind of set the stage for the next decade of iPhones and given yeah. how important of a product the iPhone is um, I think the iPhone 10 is kind of an important moment for that for that device family um, illogically to me anyway um, my second answer would be the iPad Pro that we've just seen right um, which sounds weird coming from the guy that was <laughs> saying a couple of episodes ago oh, I don't see what the point of the iPad Pro is and um, all that aside, I think it's a very important product because this is the this is the product that has shown really quite how good Apple's chips have become. Yeah, um, and again, kind of projecting that forward, looking at the the Geekbench results that we've seen out of the iPad Pro. I mean, it's kind of borderline MacBook Pro performance. And keep in mind, this yep. is a chip in a device that is incredibly thin relative to any MacBook Pro doesn't have a fan um so it kind of makes me think wow if they really did sort of take this and run of it in a mac where they could strap a big copper heat sink to it with a big fan i mean where could this go um i, I think it's 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 incredibly exciting and I, I can't wait to watch it unfold so yeah even though the ipad pro isn't a product i would consider buying right now um and don't particularly have that fond feelings towards i, I think that the actual chip inside is um really quite a marvel um so yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's kind of my two answers there i guess <laughs> that's funny because the the iphone 10 was essentially my next one after the airpods on my list oh, as well good. for exactly <laughs> the same reasons fair enough so <laughs> we're on the same page there you're gonna have to get some yeah. airpods you know because you've got a new phone now yes yeah i'm very very tempted I, uh, I you won't regret it but then i suppose the issue is are they going to bring out new airpods in like a month Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would sit tight if I were you, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, I would not be surprised if over the next six months I, I pick a pair up. Um, I, I've got slight reservations in terms of the, the earbuds have always fallen out of my ears, so I need to be, be sure that that doesn't happen with these. But Yeah. The only thing I'd say on that is, and again, obviously your ears probably very different to my ears, but my um, wired is it ear pods? We're going to get this confused. Yeah, the ear pods, the, basically the wired headphones that came with every iPhone, they would always yep. fall out with me. And I would always kind of thread them up through my jumper and sort of have them sort of go into my pocket that way. And yep. just kind of when I would go out walking with the dog and stuff, just like the motion of me walking would eventually just like those cables would start to sort of wriggle their way down and sort of it would become tight. Uh, the cable would yep. become tight, like the bits that go from like the top of my jumper to my ears. And again, they would wriggle out um so that was a concern for me with the airpods but with the airpods um there's there's nothing really forcing them out of your ear so they just for me and they just stay put 
There was one instance where I had a, a, a big coat on with a hood and I turned my head and the hood was kind of sticking out a bit and it bashed into the AirPod and knocked it out onto the pavement. Um, but that's the, that's the only one instant I've ever had. Like It doesn't matter how much you shake your head or jump or run or whatever. They, they don't seem to move. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, get some. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure I'll report back when I do. Um, I reckon, reckon it'll be a little while yet, but yeah, mm. definitely on the list. Cool. All right. Ready for point number two? Yeah, go for it. All right. So over the run of this show, um, for the record, the show started in January 2017. That's right, isn't That's it? That's right, yeah. Two so or since, three weeks into January, I think. Yeah. So since January 2017, for the run of this show, what would you say the most important software announcement is that we've had? Ooh. Right. So within this, I could choose probably a fair number of things, but it came back to me yesterday, actually, that iOS 11 itself was quite a game changer, really, for iPad. Okay. So iOS 11 for me with with the with the iPad that was pretty much what kind of nudged me towards getting the um the iPad Pro getting the 10.5 because that was when the we we got enhancements to multitasking yeah everything changed in terms of of the iPad getting a a dock going on at the bottom as well and it it became the, the you know the, I mean obviously we've, we've now still got that today with iOS twelve and and it kind of marked the um, the change really for iOS kind of expanding just a little bit more again for iPad and that was good for me that 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 felt like hey this this is Apple are now putting some weight behind iPad again I think that's kind of eased off in some ways and is probably going to spark up again maybe with with the next point release on iOS twelve. Uh, I also feel like maybe iOS 13 is going to bring some some bigger things for iPad because it kind of has to to expand what they've done with the Pro. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the last couple of years, I, I feel like iOS 11 and what it did for iPad was kind of one of the biggest things for me overall. Mm, okay, that's interesting. Kind of glad you said that because again, it's not the same one I had. <laughs> It'd be a really rubbish show if I was like, yes, I think I think the same. <laughs> uh, well, I did. I did have AR kits within my potential list as well, but that still, it still feels for me like it's kind of not really met its market yet. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's just waiting, waiting, crying out for those glasses to come out. It's, it's almost like yeah. this is just so. As devs, we've had something to play with for the last few years. So when the glasses come out, we can be like, oh, yeah, I know how to use AR, and we can just go and make apps instantly for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I could not list that as, as something overall, unfortunately, despite how much I love it. <laughs> um, where where did you land? Um, well, kind of in a similar place to you and AR, but for me, it was um, marzipan, or as, as as Apple are referring to it, um, UI kit on the Mac. So, you know, I appreciate that we don't actually kind of have this yet. So it's a little bit maybe premature, but you know we've got apps on the Mac um, with OS X Mojave, and I just think the potential for this technology is is going to be great. And I think this is going to be kind of a, a cornerstone of Apple's sort of position with 
you know software and apis and stuff again for the next who knows five ten years possibly more um, yeah I, th- I think it could be incredibly important to and again this kind of comes back to the ipad as someone who looks at the ipad and it's like well it, it's a lovely piece of hardware but i really don't feel like i can do a lot of what i want to do on it marzipan yep. could be the the change agent there that actually allows things like xcode to come to the ipad um and lots of other kind of pro apps that are currently you know siloed off into mac os um I think a lot of the conversation has been about iOS apps coming to the Mac, and that's great. I mean, I'll, I'll take a Twitter client on the Mac if you've got it, that kind of thing. That, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but I think it's the, you know, the direction, the other direction. I think, you know, stuff coming that's on the Mac that can then go across to iOS. So it's almost like iOS now stands to take advantage of some of the more pro apps that have currently resided just on the Mac. They can maybe be updated to uh you know be just kind of like marzipan friendly and then everyone benefits uh, yep. and, you know, and that won't happen overnight will it that's going to take some time um especially if you've got a mac app that's written exclusively in AppKit. yeah um it's not like you can click a switch and all of a sudden it's now marzipan enabled and it can run on the ipad it's going to have probably have to be a like a rewrite in ui kit i presume and then that then makes it work on the ipad and the mac um so there's gonna yeah, be a lot uh, of work uh, and a lot of time it's, it's fair to say as well, just, just having it there on both in that format is probably not kind of the end of it. You know, the the, the experiences are still probably going to have to be tailored yeah. on each each side. But you're right, it does offer the, the potential for that sort of unification and for that travel of, of pro apps kind of between the two platforms. That's certainly something I've got my eye on. I, I sort of feel... As a developer, you know, this could be quite an awesome thing because then I can can do this pro version of my video mixing app and kind of have that in both worlds. Yeah, and definitely. The, the, the Mac world for, for my potential market is shifting and changing as well. And I think actually there's, um, there's a lot to be gained essentially for Apple for doing this in terms of, of, of expanding the reach of developers over into Mac OS. But then also, as you were saying, expanding the type of apps that can come back from macOS into to iOS as well. So I think, actually, I th- if, if I think about it overall, I think what you've you've said here with with Marzipan kind of topping your list, it probably is one of the biggest announcements. It's just that you know we're we're yet to kind of see it in in full fruition, um, and we we won't really see that until later on next year, I guess. Yeah, and even then it's going to be in its real infancy then, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so if you think about the um, the prospective timeline for things, even like the the rumoured transition to ARM has been, been kind of sketched out by a few rumours as sort of being 2020, well, Marzipan ties in quite well with that. And I know the two are not, you know, required to go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very interesting if you sort of think about that that timeline of sort of you know dub dub twenty nineteen, if we assume that that all developers get access to Marzipan, and then you've got that that bedding in period, everything's kind of beta, and and then obviously, you know, uh, then in in sort of Q four, twenty nineteen, it's then no longer beta. Mm-hmm. and we start to see the results of developers efforts at that point well yeah we're going into 2020 potentially with this this kind of 
more unified landscape starting to happen and if at that time there's this sort of bigger step change in terms of the chips that are going into max and, and there's you know potentially another round of of, of uh, shift going on for developers at that point it could be quite well timed so yeah i feel like yeah marzipan's going to potentially be um if not an enabler certainly a supporting factor of, yeah. of broader changes in the landscape as well and, and just sitting here kind of thinking selfishly as a, as a dev um you know right now i'm making like an rss reader for ios um when yeah. marzipan gets here essentially um what was it they said at the um, event back in October? Is it the Mac has 100 million active users? Yeah. Uh, well, that's like another 100 million users I can potentially reach if I can make a Marzipan app. So that's like, yay, another 100 million people. That's great. You know, why wouldn't I want that? Um, yeah. And an app such who, as who, an RSS reader you know, is something that could lend itself well to Marzipan and Mac OS, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, and that 100 million people, high proportion of them are already iOS users. So yeah. what what you're really talking about here is being able to be present on the platforms that on another platform that your existing users when you've got them may also be using and and that's quite a strong thing you know if you can be in more than one place for somebody the, what that creates is kind of this stickiness factor in terms of how they use your app because you know I use it here it's great I've then also got it here um and that that's also great and it's it's kind of this this um this sort of buying into the the uh if it's um a service you know it's buying into your platform essentially and and in terms of what we do as app developers in to be able to be there in multiple places for our, our users that's a very good thing yeah so if, if they make doing that kind of this this sort of low overhead then great this could be quite lucrative so you ready for the next one yes <laughs> <laughs> okay so throughout the run of this show what would be the one thing that you've been kind of asking for slash complaining about that you still haven't got <laughs> there's Take almost a negative a very, turn <laughs> yeah but there's a very very obvious immediate answer for that well i'm, I'm I'd love to know what it is because it might. We must, again, we may have different ones. Uh, the Mac Pro. Yeah, we've got different ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so what did you have there, Dave? I had free trials, as in real free trials. Right. So you you went with software and and dev focus, and yeah, and I've, I've gone straight for the hardware there. <laughs> <laughs> Easily done. Yeah. I mean, was it 2019 we're getting the Mac Pro, right? Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no glimpse of it yet. Although, if I think about it, I feel like we might have seen a little bit of a glimpse of it already in the Mac Mini. You think? Yeah. So, okay, let me expand that a little bit. Okay. The rumors for the Mac Pro and and the interaction and, and conversation that Apple had when they did that announcement last year... Uh, where they got various uh, bloggers and people in to sort of tell them that the Mac Pro is really going to be happening. Um, That was given this slant of it being a modular Mac Pro. And essentially the reason for for taking some time out and and kind of thinking about what that is, is that Apple wants to spend time thinking about what 
a modular Mac Pro needs to be. Uh, so if you take that as being sort of the guiding principle for a, for a new Mac Pro, well, what you've got with the the Mac Mini at the moment is that you can connect that to a an eGPU, and that expands it. You can connect that to external hard drives, and that expands it. I think you can even open it up and add more memory to it. It's just not as easy as it might have been in the past. You've got to take a small cage off or something. So, okay, the Mac Mini could be argued to be, it's it's ready to be modular, but there aren't necessarily modules to just kind of stack it on top of or anything like that. Yeah? Okay. Okay, you can expand it. And so I wonder if a modular Mac Pro could be something um, that, that leverages that, that angle of stuff. What we've got now with USB-C and, and Thunderbolt and the ability to kind of expand uh, a, a given Mac on that basis. So, okay. yeah, I wonder if, if like, what, what we see with the Mac Pro could be a spin on that. If you imagine if, if there was um, units that the Mini could just kind of sit on top of, and if there was some sort of mechanism to make that that connection between them quite easy, I, I wonder how far off the, the the base unit of the mini really is now in terms of being able to sort of you know be a part of a system like that. And it's interesting to me as well that a lot of the people I know who have bought minis kind of straight out of the gate are devs and are the type of people who would traditionally have really wanted a Mac Pro. Yeah. That's an interesting take on it. You've, you, yeah, you've taken that somewhere that I necessarily, I don't think I necessarily would have gotten to with my own kind of thinking. I guess I think I'm coming at it from the point of view that Apple have kind of angered the pro community once already with the the Mac Pro, and yep. So my take on that is is that this is this what they come out with is just going to be a really safe bet in that it's going to be. I guess similar to the cheese grater, but no doubt they'll do a new design, but they'll be playing it safe. It will be like a tower where you can, you know, nice, easy to remove sort of thumb screws to get the side off and get to all your SSDs and your GPUs and the CPU and your RAM and the power supply, you know, everything. Um, yep. But then maybe that's not thinking about it deeply enough. Um, yeah, so when you look at the, the the landscape we're in now, the kind of how Apple as a company are so all in on USB C, um, yeah, what you start to say does start to stack up, I suppose. Um, and you know, it, it's Apple, isn't it? They've, they they're going to do something Apple-y. <laughs> yeah. and and that kind of like maybe lends into what you're saying a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is an interesting way of looking at it. And I guess it would explain why it's taken so long. I mean, if they were just going to do yes. something like a tower, would they have taken this long over it? Maybe they would have done. Maybe, maybe if it was just as simple as a, a cheese grater version 2 that looks different and is, you know, redesigned thermals inside, new parts, etc. Maybe it would yeah. have taken this long just because of, you know, the way Apple is. Um, Yeah. It's always uh, something it, when I think about it, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's just going to be a tower and I'm not going to buy it, so I'm not going to get too excited about it. I mean, you hear some people get quite revved up about the Mac Pro. I mean, look at when it comes up on ATP, with the exception of Casey. <laughs> um, <you> know, 
Um, but for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I'd be interested to see it, but I'm never going to buy one. Not really. No. Um, and I yeah, think when, there's when, that when, attitude for, for a lot of people, actually. Yeah, I'd like to see something exist. So there's that kind of aspiration, but I'm not necessarily a customer, certainly not straight straight out of the gate. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, that that's why it makes me wonder, you know, does, does the Mac Mini play into that now um, or, or sort of form? Um, a story that's kind of adjacent to what the Mac Pro is going to be. So you're kind of thinking like in the, back in the days when you'd buy a stereo system and you'd have like separate, so you'd have an amplifier and then you'd have a tape deck stacked on top of that and then a CD player stacked on top of that and then an FM radio stacked on top of that and a turntable stacked on top of that. Well, is that kind potentially, of I'm thinking like, kind of... well, if, if you, if you're able to make like a, a kind of Mac Maxi for want of a better phrase um, that, that had the the Xeon chips in, for example, maybe it's perhaps a bit taller than the Mac Mini is, or, or whatever it needs to do to sort of accommodate thermals properly. Can I stop you there? Uh, yeah, go on. What, what's a Mac Maxi? Maxi. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's what is that? At that point, um, so I'm saying, like, if you imagine the Mac Mini, but but if it if it had to be taller, oh okay, essentially to accommodate <laughs> the chips. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like I know enough about the thermals around the Xeons, other than understanding that they do get quite hot. And yeah. I kind of imagine if they were to exist in a mini form factor, it would need to be bigger. Um, but if you imagine that there was something, something there that had that class of chips in as well, um, but maybe what it hooks into, in terms of expansion and that sort of stuff, could also be used with the mini. Then that. That could create quite an interesting market. Do you know you've you've got the ability to be all in and be very very pro, but then you would also have the ability to sort of say, hey, you know, I can only really afford to come in on the mini, but I can get the expansion a bit later on. Um, and then you kind of, okay, I've got a mini, but it's in the system, and I can expand it with with my own GPU, hard drives, that sort of thing. Uh, it's absolutely wish casting here at this stage. You know, this is me kind of sketching out, but I do wonder if we're going to see something that might surprise us in terms of what it can do and, and the markets and, and machines it can reach. And that maybe it's not just all about, you know, a brand new form factor of, of, of the Mac Pro itself. Maybe it's about sort of creating something that's um, a slightly wider system overall in terms of what it can reach. So in, in any case, I'm, I'm wish we'd seen something so far and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing whatever it is sort of come next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was quite a cool, uh, cool answer there. Um, probably better than my free trials one. I don't feel like I can say much <laughs> other than, yes, I would like free trials. <laughs> End of section. Uh, <laughs> no, but there is something there in terms of as, as devs, you know, yeah, free trials would be, be very useful. And I think we sort of see like, kind of workaround solutions uh have, have kind of reared their head and that that kind of bothers me on a basis of well uh, the, the the more workarounds that kind of almost get there the the less incentivized apple might be to actually just give this to devs and it kind of feels in their gift to go and do it yeah you know, I, 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 there's probably a load of complexity in terms of how the actual mechanics of the app store work and what they would need to do and this, that and the other. But it feels like, you know, oh, come on, can, can we not just kind of get there now? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I don't really know how that needs to work, but yeah, I'd like to see it as well. All right. You ready for point number four? Yeah. Four or five, so the penultimate point. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say for this, but I'll ask it anyway. So over the run of this show, what would you say has been the most significant event in your life? <laughs> the, if you don't say moving kind of, to New Zealand, I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> yep, there really is only one answer for this, and it has to be that, obviously. Emigration, moving halfway around the world. and, and I mean, we, we managed to keep this show running during that time as well, which I, I still feel quite proud about. That yeah, that was, was cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had the notification on my phone from Overcast saying our episode had got out as I was um, transiting through San Francisco on the way from the UK to New Zealand. Yeah, I remember yeah, but, posting it up thinking, yeah, you're probably somewhere either over the Atlantic or over sort of Canada or America on your way to San Francisco. Yep. Yeah, no, that's yep. cool. I really like the fact that we managed to keep going. And even once you arrived, I think you'd, you'd only been there like two or three days in your Airbnb and you were straight on the on the Skype podcasting again. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I honestly yeah. thought there, there would be a point where you'd say, you know what, um, I just need to take a week or two weeks because this, you know, this whole move's taken out of us. But um, yeah, imp- impressive yeah. commitment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've we've both got that, and that'll probably lead into into stuff we might talk about in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I think having the show uh, as something that kind of kind of grounded me either side has been kind of cool as well. You know, it's something that I've literally taken with me as as we've we've gone from the UK to here. Um, and, and a bit of kind of sheer determination to make it work as well. Because, I mean, we, we when you go into time zone differences, it can get difficult to record, right? And yeah. We, we keep having to juggle that one. Uh, but, but yeah, certainly a bit of sheer determination there just to make this show happen. Um, but back to the question about life events and that sort of stuff, of, of course, it, it, the move itself and you know, changing countries, starting a new job. Uh, and, you know, that job is full-time iOS development as well. So that it kind of completes my career change that I've, I've been going through over the last few years. And yeah, it's just been the biggest thing ever to do all of it. And, and now I'm on the other side of that and we've been here, what, nearly 15 months or so. And yeah, it, it's, it's really cool to sort of now be on, on, on the other side of all of the um, the push to be here. And life is starting to feel quite normal here, which is, is kind of interesting in its own right. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's, uh, so, yeah, there was only really going to be one answer for that for me. <laughs> if you said, oh, you're like getting my iPhone XR or something, I'd have been like, what? <laughs> you moved to New Zealand. <laughs> That's a fairly big deal. I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got to ask Dave, how about you? Um, well, I've got like quite a weird answer because basically until this show started, my life was pretty boring. Like for the maybe five or six years up to where the show started, nothing really changed. Um, I was working the same job. Um, you know, everything, life just kind of ticked over. And then it seemed like more or less around when this show started or rather when we started planning this show, it was like all this stuff started happening. Um, obviously, yeah. uh, Charlie, my son was born 
and that was when we were kind of feeling out the possibility to start the show. Um, that then, uh, when we started the show in January of 2017, that then led on very quickly to me leaving my job um, as a developer and uh, essentially becoming a, like a stay-at-home dad um, yep. while kind of trying to juggle um, some like freelance contract work around that and trying to develop my own iOS apps through my company at the time. Then I obviously wound up that company, um, and now we're having another baby, and now I'm refocusing my kind of indie efforts, um, even after kind of winding up the company, and I'm kind of, I've got like a regular jobby job again now, um, now that we're kind of bracing for baby number two, and my wife's on maternity leave, um, so now I've kind of got the got a day job and I'm kind of rethinking about my indie efforts around that. So yeah, I, I don't really, I can't really point to any one, one thing. I mean, I, I guess Charlie being born is probably the, the biggest one, although that was technically before we started the show. Um, yeah. Obviously we're now, as we record like six days away from my wife having a planned cesarean. So I guess if you were to ask me this next week, I'd probably say having another baby <laughs> would be the biggest one. Um, but I just feel like this, this show has actually been some kind of way to kind of record what has probably been, you know, relative to the last few years, kind of the most active two years of my life in terms of things changing and having to adapt and trying different things. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of glad the show's been around actually to kind of document that in, in a way. It's going to be weird, like in 20 years, to like listen back to, yeah, to us talking about all this stuff. Um, so I'm super glad that we've we've actually done it. Um, nevertheless, I'm still unable to point to one thing. <laughs> um, no, that's cool. That's cool. I, yeah, I it's, it's that's... been like a big wave of events. One that's like led to the other. That's led to the other. That's led to the other. And yeah, it's it's been cool. So, if I, uh, knowing you now and, and kind of from you know so, somebody who knows you, sort of looking at where you're at, I think I could summarize it for you in terms of like um, you're no longer standing still. Like if you sort of the what you've described to me in terms of like everything kind of being kind of fairly mundane or whatever and and uh, for the few years before and then maybe somewhere two two and a bit years ago, you know you'd sort of made the the decision to start making changes, and I think it's interesting in terms of like well, when you do that, it never seems to be just one change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and i thought that kind of speaks to my own experience as well because i could say very much the same thing um in terms of like my life up until leaving uh my former career which was uh two and a half years ago now nearly and you know it was very much a case of like well once you do one thing this is sort of snowball something else happens and something else happens you know in that time i started ramping up what I was doing with my own apps. I, I went into um, contracting and taking on iOS work. And then ultimately, you know, that, that one thing led to another. And that was actually the chain of events that started us um, on our way to then moving over here to New Zealand. So, yeah, it, it feels like, it. Um, yeah, when you make one of these these big decisions, that is life changing in one way or another, then it can then also feed all these other decisions. And I think you've had your period of that 
over the last couple of years as well and it's fair to say it's still going on in a lot of, in a lot of ways yeah it's so, not over yet <laughs> no um but that's a good thing and, and not you know not staying put i think is is a positive thing overall it's, it's very easy for for anybody to kind of end up in this sort of you know just dialing it in life is what it is and and this is where i am to, to actually make things happen to bring you know indie apps into the world um to, to be a good dad you know all those things that it takes effort um so yeah i think it's probably fair that you can't really pinpoint any one particular thing it's it's all part of the same sort of body of you decided to make change and and that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's kind of weird hearing it back <laughs> like someone else saying it about you it's weird yeah um okay so that leads us on to our final point um so what would you say the one thing is that you've learnt during the run of this show uh, i'm gonna be really really awkward and probably typical to to my type and i can't pinpoint one thing i've I've got a few things okay so yeah number one it's possible to over edit a show i think when you <laughs> when you first start editing and doing podcasting you listen to yourself and you go oh god do i really sound like that and i still do it and and yeah i i still kind of have that kind of a bit of introspection when you hear yourself play back you know that's always going to be a thing i think but yeah it's possible to over edit and i think for anybody who aspires or thinks about doing a podcast or anything of that nature just just do it just just get into it and accept that you know you probably hear yourself in the most negative of lights possible if you're kind of trying to do something and and, and make something be as, as good as it can be uh which kind of leads into my other point, something I've learnt, and that is that taking on a project like a podcast is easier when you've got somebody else to bounce things off. So I've I've kind of learnt that having a partner on this, a co-host on this with you, Dave, has, has been quite a good positive thing for sort of making a project happen overall. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean just look at my blog <laughs> yeah it's if if like instead of doing this podcast every week we got on skype and we're like right between the hours of you know five and six we're gonna each write a blog post i guarantee you our blogs would be way better than they are now <laughs> um it's kind of yep. accountability isn't it and and having someone to kind of g you up and push you forward when maybe on your own you perhaps wouldn't have managed it yes so, yeah, yeah very much yeah good good to have you as a wingman i think it's fair to say yeah, so so that's that's definitely in my my sort of top things to, that I've kind of learned, and I didn't necessarily know in in the course of the show. Obviously, the editing's a bit of a jokey one, but but learning that um, having somebody to bounce things off as as a partner with a project, yeah, I didn't really have that experience before. So that's been a big thing. Um, how about you, Dave? What's what's your um, kind of thing that you've learned during the course of it all? Again, I. I struggled to pinpoint it um but the one i kept coming back to was i've learned to be more open um i think in the early days of the show i was very keen to kind of put up a bit of a shield um yeah kind of put on an act maybe 
I was terrified of admitting any failure publicly and, and privately for that matter. Um, but now I feel like those kind of shackles have been released. I think a big part of that was like how I wound up my company because my iOS apps weren't profitable and actually kind yep. of coming out and, and admitting that kind of on this podcast and unpacking it all with you and talking through it all. Um, that was a big help. And now I kind of feel like it feels so much better now. And I'm I'm willing to be more open and kind of you know about how how it works being like a, an indie developer and how I kind of failed at it in a way um but that's okay because I'm taking what I've learned from that and I'm going to reboot it and try again. I feel like I've kind of got a story to tell and maybe like a journey to share. Um and I think that's kind of how I want to take it going forward. I want to you know with my kind of refocusing my efforts on my indie stuff and rebooting it with my new kind of wave of apps that I'm going to be working on. I feel like I want to share everything now about that, even if something goes really bad and I mess something up and I struggle with something, I, I want to share it all rather than trying to kind of hide behind this act of strength in a weird kind of way. Um, yeah. So yeah, rather than kind of faking it until I make it, I, I feel like it's okay now I can just share everything and, you know, good and bad. And I hope that's, that can help others as well. That's that's kind of really why I want to do it because... um. Yeah, you know, I kind of think when I was getting started, it would have been really good to have had more, more, more things out there that I could I could have access to in terms of like podcasts and things where you know people that had been through it were were sharing everything, and there were some, but there can never be enough. Um, I think so. The more I can share, kind of like you know, warts and all, um, is kind of something I can feed back into the into the community. That's awesome. Yeah. So I. I have one last thing, I think. <laughs> one more thing. To, one more thing to just sort of add. Um, speaking of community, I've kind of found that listeners can be be quite silent overall. You know, like we, we, we do hear from people and I think you tend to hear from people a little bit more often when um, if, if something kind of goes wrong or there's a particular, <laughs> you know, a bone to pick about um, a particular topic or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, we, we know people listen and, and we, we do hear from people, but we can never have enough of that. So yeah, I think seriously, if somebody's gotten to, to this end of the show and you've been listening for a while, I definitely would like to see you kind of come and join our Slack, uh, community and, and take part in the conversation over there because it's, it's always good for us to have more people join us there. We've got some great people in the Slack already, and it'd be great to sort of have even more people in in that part of our community and our world uh, as we kind of head further out into the next hundred episodes of this show. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button, that will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, also we have our slack channel we'd love to invite you to join our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out if you'd like to join uh, just leave us a message on twitter at wfr podcast and we'll get you signed up so dave before we run off where can people find you you can find me on twitter at dw roboheads that's robohead spelled with a z and you can find my apps at roboheads.com again that's robohead spelled with a z how about you, Dave? You can follow me online at davenot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore davenot. 